my top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first-timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you're listening. Don't worry about change-ups. The cast won't break up. Even with that million-dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the act? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lamberth, recording this for Sunday, August 19th, 2023. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Give this show a five-star review. Let everybody know why you like it, because it's simply the right thing to do. And if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival. Subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 667 one episode past the devil's zone so happy to get past that satanic number and to provide you a heavenly podcast for your listening pleasure i am here on location in beautiful kenosha wisconsin um breaking the fourth wall it's currently saturday morning 8 28 a.m Central time, central standard, or just central time? I don't know, but I'm back in the Midwest after not really being in the Midwest for a lot, like 16 years, for a long time. That's a really long time. Uh, I was, I did have a layover in Minnesota like 10 years ago when I was in going to San Francisco opening for Chris Hardwick. What a long time that's been. That's been a long time. I got to come back. I'm going to come back and do more shows and try to try to visit the Midwest again. I didn't realize this. Well, I knew I didn't know that much about Kenosha. I knew about the the riots. I knew about all of that. I knew about Rittenhouse. Uh, we'll get into that a little later. But I didn't realize how close Kenosha was to didn't know how close it was to Milwaukee. And uh, I knew Milwaukee was relatively close to Chicago. It's probably like 45 minutes or so, at least from the suburbs, something like that. But it's pretty close. The gentleman opening for me, uh, Seth. What's what's Seth's? uh, Oh, crap. Oh, crap. I want to get his last name. Seth Davis. 
it took him it took him an hour to get here from like the Lakeview area. So it's about an hour away. He said it took him 90 minutes to get here because of the traffic, but an hour to for him to go back home. So that that puts it into perspective for you. But the we had the first show last night. It was fun. Um <laughs> this it, this I like it cuz it has like a small town vibe. It's 100,000 people. The owner of the club was telling me 100,000 people live here. It's not us really that small, but it's but it's the Midwest and it's got like a, a vibe to where so we're in the club is in a hotel uh, in town and uh, they were taking or they were taking or they serve food and everything. And I'm about to go on stage. And the owner comes up to me and he whispers in my ear, he said, hey, could you do me a big favor? Um, somebody ordered a brownie and they don't know. We don't know who it belongs to. Can you just make an announcement about that? And I was like, what? Really? So I just <laughs> so I go on stage, get introduced on stage and uh and I, as all thanks everybody for coming. I appreciate you. Give it up for Seth. And uh, I said, I said, uh, <laughs> I just said something about the brownie. I was like, you know, guys, this is, I'm really excited for you to be here. There's one thing: who ordered the brownie? And I just made, just joked about that, riffed on that for a little bit, and then got into my amazing stand-up comedy act. And um, it was fun. So the first show was fun, and it seemed like people were there to have a good time. We had a good time. And it was some people's first time at the club. They had a good time. Some people listened to me on radio. I did radio on Tuesday, and I uh, did some radio on, on Friday to promote the show and people actually listened and came out looked me up and um it was really neat so um i think this yeah this was this was really fun so i i was i spent most of the of last week this past week this week as i'm recording uh in on the road i was in uh atlantic city at the borgata from the 12th through the 16th so those shows were good. I had the first the first show on Saturday. I talked about this when I was on the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. Uh, that would have been that was on that was uh, almost a week ago, and um, I'm I'm there, and uh, first show. There's three at the Borgata. There's always three comics, and we each do twenty minutes. We each do twenty minutes. And it was Rick, Rick, Rich Franchese, myself, and Mike Yard. And I went up second. And I started hearing, like, I was having a good set. It was pretty fun. The crowd, it, it's always good to have a good first set when you're at, when you're doing a run like that um, at, a, at one place. You know, kind of being, uh, essentially, you're an artist in residence. And, um, it was fun, and um, so I'm I'm about to close out. I'm about to do this bit about black unity and how black people have this. Um, I don't want to really ruin the bit, but how black people, 
even though we may not know each other, we have this connectedness in America through because of slavery and, and the stuff that we, we we've been through as a race. And um, <laughs> this black guy gets up and he's like, you're garbage. You're the worst comedian I've ever seen. He was going crazy. And he's like, a. I think he might have been a middle aged black dude. He might have been my age or a little older. And he was just going off. And I looked and I just looked and I was like, sir, you, you should probably leave. If you're not having a good time, you should leave. Maybe they'll give you your, your money back. Uh, he said, like, I didn't pay for this. I was like, well, then I think you should just leave. And the crowd and the crowd just erupted. And um, they wanted him to leave. They wanted this guy to leave. Uh, and he, he the security, the security there, they're really sweet people. I think those are just people with different color shirts that say security on them. They're not equipped to like manhandle a belligerent guest out of the venue. And and nor should they have to be put in situations like that anyway. Uh, the guy was a kind of a he was smaller than me, but he was like a burly, burly enough to give people trouble like you know who were supposed who would guard somebody who would guard a venue like that you know um because it's kind of a chill environment it's a comedy show so you really don't expect somebody to go off like that and my act isn't really uh a volatile act that would make people get angry so I think that guy had a lot of other stuff going. And I could have been a lot meaner to the guy. Um, so I've, I've kicked him. I made sure he got kicked out. The crowd was applauding. I finished the bit and then brought on Mike. And then, like, Mike was like, and then the next, like, and then after the show, people, like, were coming up to to me and, and Mike. They had, and, and Rich left after his set, but... They really enjoyed the show and come to find out there were women that were in the area where he was sitting. They were they were sitting to me downstage left and they were saying this guy was talking the whole show. He was talking, you know, during the first comic set and he was just being really annoying. We wanted him to get kicked out. And I was like, OK, so it wasn't just me, but it was that that guy had some shit going on. It was just funny to me that while I'm about to launch into a, a black material, like a black unity material in front of a mainly white crowd of like 700 people that, that he gets mad at me and he hates, he hates me and all this stuff. But I started thinking about it. Like if I really wanted to like say something mean, you always, you always think about any encounter like that, which you would have said or what you could have said. Everybody said I handled it like a pro. Mike Yard was like, I would have been, Mike Yard would have been ready to fight. But that's like the worst, the worst. Um, Will Smith, when he did, when he slapped Chris Rock, that was like the worst thing you could do. Um, I, that's why I thought it was just so disrespectful because comedy is already the most, it's one of the hardest um things to do in the performing art. It's one of the hardest things to do in, in the performing arts. And it's the least respected because people think they can just go up and go in and just yell at you and heckle you and not have anything to, um, 
not have to really answer to anybody. And then when when Will Smith did that, it it almost licensed their, uh, people to really do shit like that and talk out. And I've talked about this stuff about respecting uh, performers, even at even not just because not just because I'm a performer. Uh, it's because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do to respect. Plus, you've you've you paid money, and if you didn't pay money, you're spending your time to go see someone perform, someone who's really good at something, who spent time. You don't get to Atlantic City in a, a nice venue like that where the people booking you respect you enough to put you in a, a luxury hotel and resort and to perform for people and to be treated nice. It's a, it's a really nice, it's a really nice gig. And, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's unfortunate that that happened, but I've, I've dealt with hecklers before. And I just remember one time just really, really watching a pro like Bill Burr and some of my other favorite comments, but I just remember a moment in particular, and I think he said it, he said on a podcast before where it was like, um, you know, like a lot of times I I came into my act angry, and if somebody, Bill talked about being an angry person. He's gone on record and talked about that, but like when when you hear a heckler or something, like you just want to rip their head off because they're interrupting you, and obviously, he's he's known for the the rant that he did in in Philly, but I just remember see, listening to his podcast at the time, talking about those hecklers, and just saying, "Oh, just take a take a second, register what they're saying, and then you not necessarily try to have a conversation, but just engage them enough to see where they're at." And then really analyze, like to take a quick analysis, like reading the defense, basically. And I saw him do that at wet at Westbury, maybe like 2014, 2015 or something like that, watching him in the round and somebody called out and he just dealt with the person. He wasn't malicious. He didn't have to be. I mean, as he was probably like a 20 plus year vet at, at the time. But I just remember that moment. And remember him talking about it. And I just handled that shit like a pro. But then if I really wanted to be an asshole, I could have just been, who's fucking that guy? Who had to, who's spending time with this dude at this place, which is supposed to be a nice respite from all the bullshit that you got to deal with? Yeah, there's probably stress about losing money. The last night of the sh- of my, my time in Atlantic City, I was getting on the elevator. I had my little uh, dinner, and there was a married couple that gets on the elevator with me, and they're like, oh, my God, we spent so much money. We lost so much money. I don't know how much they were joking or not, but they were just seemed like a nice um, couple. And they were like, uh, oh, God. And I said, like, did you lose any money? I was like, well, no, I'm, I'm uh, just working. I'm a comedian working in the in the music box. And they're like, oh, so sorry we missed you, blah, 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 you know. Everybody's got everybody's got their shit. And that's that's what happens. You know, we all bring our baggage to stuff. But maybe I said something that triggered. Maybe he misinterpreted. But it was um, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, (laughs) Just just uh, 
on my closer that I, I've been working on to really get uh, <laughs> to get a, a reaction when I was building up. But it happens. So it goes. And the, the crew. Sorry, water break. I think the crew got even I think some of them have seen me before, but they had more respect um, for me after that happened. And um, I'm sure it got to the the big wigs about how how things went went down and I hand, handled my biz like a professional so but overall that was a fun a fun time at the Borgata I always have fun cuz it's like a a nice staycation and so that was cool um so yeah I'm here I got one more show I'm going to try to take a walk around this lakefront area cuz right it's right on Lake Michigan and there's a lighthouse there, so I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that. I didn't really do much because I came in on Thursday night. The flight got delayed. Um, it was a 9.30 flight that got pushed, like maybe 45 minutes uh, delayed because they had to clean the plane. And uh, they changed the gate a couple of times. So that didn't seem like a really uh, – that didn't seem – good uh but i was like hey as long as i'm gonna be there in time for the show and as long as i get there safe i'm good pretty good flight actually a good flight we landed kind of hard that landing was not perfect but uh we got there we got here and uh i'm happy about that and so i got in around like after midnight and then the owner picked me up and he showed me around town and he showed me the riot spaces where they riot, rioted, where Rittenhouse uh, killed those people and how places have gotten burned down. And it's just kind of patched over with grass, how businesses uh, got d- destroyed and everything. And it, it was it, it was something, man, because when I was thinking about com- when I was when I got this gig uh it was kind of fast. So like, can you be? Can you go to? Was can you go to Kenosha? I was like, yeah. I think they had a. They did have a dropout. <laughs> Tim Meadows was supposed to be here this weekend. SNL's Tim Meadows was supposed to be here this weekend. He got another gig. They rescheduled him for later on in the year, and uh, and then they got me. And I said, I don't. But somebody, I think somebody working on the staff said, yeah, Tim Meadows was supposed to be here, and I was like, okay. Um, and and she's I think he got another, and I looked it up and he's he's at Jimmy Kimmel's uh, comedy club, um, and he'll be here. And actually, I'm gonna be in Boca Raton, Florida, uh, October twentieth and the twenty first, and then he's gonna be there too. So I'm gonna be competing with Tim Meadows for uh, ticket sales. I wonder how that's going to go. Little known comedian, but talented against um, a showbiz legend, I would say. To me, he is. Uh, So that's kind of funny. But which is also cool. I just posted it before I started recording uh, today uh, that they named a drink after me, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I think it's really cool, actually. They, they've treated me so well here. Uh, 
so so this week at the club, they have a drink special called Chris's Citrus Kiss. Uh, a generous pour of absolute citron vodka, vodka mixed with lemonade and finished with a touch of grenadine topped with a lemon cherry. A $9 drink, guys. So, you know, I posted this on Instagram. I said, you know you've made it when you get a drink. You, you've got it. You've made it to a, a decent point in show business when you get a drink named after you. So next up, I think it's it's got to be a sandwich. That's when I know that I've I've made a dent in this business, a real heavy dent in this business with like a sandwich. Yeah, the Chris Lambert. I don't know what that would be. I think it would be. I think it would be kind of conservative. It's like like a chicken, like a chicken cutlet with bacon mayo lettuce tomatoes and maybe some no no not lettuce but maybe spinach um some kind of cheese you know that was my favorite sandwich at sheets when i was uh in college um so like a chicken cutlet maybe like cooper sharp cheese and then some spinach and tomatoes and bacon it would have to be something that a, a chef would concoct. I'm kind of simple minded. <laughs> I'm very like simplistic, uh, fifth grader, junior high palette. Not that if I wasn't exposed to something, like it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't know that it, it's not like I wouldn't know that it's not good. Uh, but I think if someone started with that base of a nice chicken cutlet, and put on put something else there that would be good so that I would have to leave that up to the chef hopefully something that I've done in my career like a joke or a scene that I was in or something neat would inspire some artist to make a, a delectable and tasty sandwich so that's the goal now and I think and I tried the drink Chris's Citrus Kiss. It is very good. I liked it. Um, that's a pretty high-priced drink, I would say. I know it's not New York. I know it's not a $17 drink, but $9 is pretty good. I don't know. It always sticks with me. I think it was from 40-Year-Old Virgin or 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 the what's the movie or Knocked Up when Paul Rudd's like Hey guys, it's nine dollar beer night. <laughs> I remember I don't know, something like that he said, but um, yeah. So I think that's pretty fucking cool. That that's really neat. So it's 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 really nice. I, I I'm it's uh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool when you get to headline, do a long set, and they treat you really nice. They gave me a nice uh, welcome basket with like treats and snacks. No way I'm eating all this shit. Uh, I have to take it home with me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's really neat. So I'm, I'm happy. Um, hopefully there's more in store for my, my career as a, as an artist. You've, you've got, most of you have been here since I started doing this podcast or I was, uh, a step above being an open micer and, and opening for people and I'll still be opening for people, but, uh, it's, I wasn't headlining, you know, so it's, it's nice. There's. There's I'm inc incremental progress is something that I always uh, 
talk about on this show. And I hope that that um, I hope that you're enjoying the ride with me as I progress. So some other things, I've, something I haven't talked about that I've been meaning to talk about. It's nothing super serious, but these Momofuku noodles. I guess you could call this Fat Boy Corner. Momofuku is a is a. I mean, it's like a. It was started by David Chang and. Uh, there's restaurants all over New York City, and they have these noodles. And I made the mistake of clicking on an ad for them, and all I see is Momofuku products. And so one day I was doing Instacart, and I saw the 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 noodles pop up. Cause I I don't know, like it, I guess it's a it's a thing in New York City, and that's kind of a big deal. But when I think of noodles, I think of ramen noodles. I think of being in college, not necessarily because you don't you're poor, but it's because oh this is quick and easy to to eat, and they're pretty good, but they're, they're super high in sodium. So I was like, let me try this, and I looked some stuff up on YouTube. I looked up some reviews of Asian people eating these because I wanted to see what the people where where this dish originates i wanted to know what they thought about it and i remember seeing this one woman say like well you know these are pretty good uh and i think they're made for a, a an american white palate because she didn't think it was spicy enough so the first time i tried some uh i'm trying to let me see the different flavor i'm trying to Oh, God. Now that I'm looking these up, I'm trying to find the right one that I got. I believe that the very first one that I tried. Let me just look on this. uh, I don't know. I think it's the one in the orange bag. The spicy soy noodles, because I'm think so I ordered I ordered the three three kinds and they're 13 bucks a bag. But you get like four of them. The homie D. Lemon said that was too expensive. And there are cheaper ones. But I think this is a brand name. The bags look cool. Whatever. So I was just like, I'm I'm, st- I'm watching these videos. And it's like, okay, I got to try it. And when I hear this woman, this Asian woman say, okay, it's not that spicy. So I was like, okay, let me try these, these sweet and spicy. They were pretty fucking spicy to me. Uh, and I, I I told the homie D Lemon about it, and I was like, I think he's had them before. He said they're all right, but I think he's got another brand that he recommended. But um, <laughs> I was like, man, I, I don't know. This shit's really spicy. It's good, but it's really fucking spicy. And I don't know. And I texted him. I was like, I don't know if I could be on Hot Ones. If I ever got to a place in my career where I'm promoting something and I'm on Hot Ones, I was like, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I I don't know if I would just just like embarrass myself, and uh, I don't know I, if I'm if I'm built for it. And Lemon was like, "Man, I would body that shit." <laughs> so I don't know, but it's it's good. I think you just have to build up a tolerance for it. Because the next time I had, I was like, "Okay, it's good." I think it's good as a as an American blick. I thought that. Um, I thought that they were good. They're pretty tasty to me. So far, I've I've tried the 
Is it, wait, the sweet, wait, these sweet and spices are new? You know what? So, what, no, okay, okay, I'm sorry. I had the, I gotta try the sweet and spicy. I had the spicy soy noodles and the tangy chili wavy noodles. So, the first, the first kind that I tried was a spicy soy. Okay, so I, I did that. That's what I had. And I like the both of these that I've had. And the next one, the next, um, the next one is, wait, you get five servings in these, not four. So the next one I have that I haven't tried yet are the soy and scallion noodles. And it's a nice, it's a nice, if you don't feel like eating anything heavy or you just kind of don't want to go anywhere, you don't want to leave, you don't want to do expensive ass uh, DoorDash or Uber Eats and you don't have a coupon for them. It's nice to have in the pantry. It's something something different, uh, but you do have to drink a lot of water. I drink a lot of water anyway, but just make sure because it's a lot of sodium. It's it's a lot, uh, but they're good. I think they're good, and it's funny because uh, after I watched the Asian this Asian woman's review, she was just like, "It's okay, but it's made for white people." And then I watched this white guy. He was like, oh, my God, these are delicious. He was like raving. Over, he was raving over them. And then he was doing things where he was adding stuff to them, like adding like chicken and different uh, like vegetables and stuff. So it makes me want to experiment with this. But this is like a four to five minute meal that you can make. And um, it's it's pretty good. I want to I've been wanting to talk about these for a while, but I just kind of. Just kind of forgot to to mention them. I don't know. Do you guys do you guys have like noodle recipes that you recommend? Are there other type brands that you like? Um, this is uh, kind of like this is like me. Uh, I don't know what you call it. I don't think I don't think it's really washed, but it's just always funny when like somebody. I think about it like when I think of music. I think about. When, when I think it was Lemon that uh, told me about that that JID album that I liked, he sent the album to me on from Apple Music, and then I was like, "Oh, cool! I'll check that out." And then a couple weeks later, I'm watching NPR, and I'm like, "Oh, this guy JID is good." And then he's like, "Dude, I told you about the oh, him already. I told you about him two weeks ago." It's like this is. Momofuku is mainstream. It's like it's like like NPR is kind of mainstream. Momofuku is mainstream, and it it there may be other brands that are different. I don't know if Momofuku sponsored this podcast, I'd be talking to you a lot differently. But I'm just keeping it honest. It's it's like uh, it is it is good. It's I guess it's a step above those noodles that you had in college, the ramen noodles you had in college. So I I guess the next time I see these spicy chili noodles, I will try them. And I did buy the soy sauce, which is good. I think it just tastes like regular soy sauce. But there's these, uh, um, what do you call them? The, the chili, chili, like these, like chili flakes, chili crunch. I got to try that too. Uh, that's supposed to enhance the... 
the flavor. So that's that's that. Oh, another uh, fat boy corner thing. Um, I went back to Culver's yesterday. I was talking it up on the radio when I, I was like, oh, I want to go to Culver's. I hadn't been in like 15, 16 years. So I'm back in the Midwest and I'm like, oh, they have Culver's like not far. I did radio. Uh, they they took me over to uh, Culver's. It was good, but it was a little anticlimactic, I would say. I had the the bacon double burger and it was good. I I don't think it's better than Freddy's, folks. Based on when I had uh based on when I had, if you're in the Midwest and you go I I want you to I want you to try Culver's and try Freddy's. I've seen people on YouTube make that comparison. Now I don't think I don't think Culver's has steak burgers, but Freddy's does have steak burgers. But um I was a little I was like it's good. I was satiated, but I wasn't like over the moon like, oh this is I'm not even sure if it's better than Shake Shack. Shake Shack is now like a national chain and Shake Shack is consistently good for for when you but it's it's a more expensive burger too. Or is it about the same? I don't know. I think people now now that Shake Shack has become a little more ubiquitous, I think it's like I think it's kind of uh it's not McDonald's, but it's kind of becoming like Burger Chipotle. And I don't think that's even the right comparison because Chipotle's let me down quite a few times. Yeah, Chipotle. No, that's not the same. Maybe more like it's it's more like five guys now. There's they they're franchise more throughout the country, but yeah, I was a little I was slightly disappointed in Culver's. I think I think the main draw is the is the custard and the ice cream. I think that's the real draw. The burgers, maybe it was this location that I was at. I don't know. I don't know. But I was kind of like I was talking to Frank, the owner of the club. I was like, I don't know. I was kind of it was good, but it was just like a little Anticlimactic. He was like, "Yeah, I know what you mean." Yeah, because I, you know, I was like, "All right, yeah, you know." So it goes. So it goes. But tasty nonetheless. Uh, there were ladies after the show that were telling me that I needed to go to a social club, but I don't think I'm gonna have time to go there and eat. They think you come to Wisconsin, you gotta. I said, like, "Well, I, don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't have a car, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like." Uh, take a $50 Uber, Uber ride somewhere. I don't know. I just don't think I have enough time. But um, maybe the next time I'm in town, maybe I maybe I take an earlier flight and 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 get here and, and maybe try to do experience more. But I think I'm just going to go visit the lighthouse in a museum. Maybe I'll catch Blue Beetle. I don't know. Because there's, there's movies I want to see, but uh I don't know, folks. Um, what else, you guys? Um, sneaker news. 
I was thinking about, I was talking about last week that I think I wanted to try for those Barkley Air Maxes. But then the homie Keith showed me, tweeted me the other day and, and showed me these triple black ones. And I think those look better than those Barclays. And I'm looking at these Barclays. I'm staring at them. And I'm like, I can wait. I can wait. I just, if I could, I could wait. I don't need, I got those Kobe's coming from StockX. I don't think I need. And I prayed, played a, more than I wanted to pay a pretty penny. But I figured I was like, you know what? Treat yourself, Chris. Treat yourself to some sneakers that you wanted. And, you know, just fine. So I think I might wait on those, even though I kind of was, I was, I am pretty enthusiastic about trying another Connect instead of the sneakers app. I was a little, was intrigued to do that, uh, but I think it, it is not financially feasible to do that. So I think maybe I'll wait. And the next time a pair of sneakers catch my eye and I know that I could try that other source, I think that's what I'll do. I'm trying to be a better, a better person and not spend all my freaking money. Um, one thing, though, because also I do want the NFL. Um, Somebody singing Lionel Richie in the hallway. I don't know if you, I don't know if you could hear that. And my apologies uh, for not having the microphone. I'm actually recording this like talking right into my laptop uh, with audacity. So I'm gonna try to clean it up a little bit, and then hopefully it sounds good. I did a test, and it sounded pretty good. Uh, but um, yeah, so I was thinking I really want to do this NFL Sunday ticket. And I don't think I've done it in like almost 20 years uh, because I never really had the time. And I still probably, and I just figure this is, I don't think I've been this excited about football in years. And I remember like a long time ago, like maybe 10 years ago, telling my dad that uh, I was like, I don't know how I feel about football anymore. I'm kind of, it's kind of like boring to me. And I thought I would disappoint him, but he was like, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like you do it because you you do it because it's in your DNA as an American, you know. But with the advent of a lot of these black quarterbacks, that's exciting. And just and not to and and really, to be honest, just that general euphoric feeling that I used to have about it when I was a kid is like kind of coming back. I might even pay 70 bucks for Madden. Even this, that, this shit that doesn't work with all the fucking bugs in it. Cause I want to have the correct roster. I've actually been playing Madden 23. I tried to set up remote play on uh, my, my laptop on my MacBook, and I downloaded the app and uh, it didn't work. I don't think the signal at the Borgata was strong enough, and I didn't want to try it here because I didn't want to bring too much luggage. But I just all I did was just bring a controller. So I just I was like, "Fuck it, I'm not, I'm not gonna do it." But um, yeah, I'm tempted to get Madden, but I do, I do want to get this uh, NFL Sunday ticket, and I also found out uh, that NBA 2K24 
if you get the twenty fourth, the twenty fifth anniversary edition, you get you pay one hundred fifty bucks. You get all this VC bullshit that I don't give a shit about, but you get NBA ticket, NBA league pass um, for twelve months, and that's pretty appealing because I just got rid of cable. I got rid of um, all the movie channels, and my bill was like sixty eight bucks. So I'm I'm thinking that if I get basketball. And football have something to watch when there's a show that I don't want to watch. So I'm thinking that's a pretty good investment. Because it's almost like NFL Sunday tickets, almost like uh, a regular person's. There's regular people that have a working a working man's version of having uh, season tickets. A working man or woman or a working they's. Uh, way of having season tickets not having to worry because i think like my friends were like oh you should you should just go to a bar and watch the games and i was thinking that's cool i should i should do that as a low-key recluse just to be out there and i should do that but then that's kind of a lot you're spending a lot of money so i was thinking like you know i should try this i should try it i think i think i will I'm thinking about pulling the trigger because the season's coming up soon, and uh, I think it's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be fun to watch, watch some football. Um, let's see, There's some other things I wanted to say. I wanted to say R.I.P. to DJ Casper. DJ Casper is the the guy who, um, who uh, made the his. His first and only hit record, the Casper Slide Part 1, also known as the Cha-Cha Slide. So he passed away um, a couple of weeks ago, August 7th. And I forgot to mention it last week. Um, with with hip-hop's birthday, 50th coming around and everything like that, I you know... This this the cha cha slide was important to me, or was was uh, has a very like, it has a place in my heart because that was one of the song that was a song that we ended camp with every day. We would all the whole camp would do the cha cha slide together to end out the day, and uh, the counselors would do it, and everybody would do it, all the kids, and it was fun and. I think, man, like I've said hundreds of times on this show, as an artist, when you die, you just kind of want to you want to leave something behind. And when you die, you want to you want as many people as possible to accept that to accept what you put out in the world. And I think that's that's what he did. That was his only hit. But he made a lot of people happy. Have so many uh, fond memories of um, of that song and that camp, and I've gone on record. I've said it so many times. That was the best job I ever had in my life. Uh, when it, you're a very egocentric, twenty three year old, really just concerned about you know your career as an artist, like as an actor, and what you wanted to accomplish, and then when you you get a job like working with kids and. Uh, pulling stuff out of them that they didn't know that they had, but you saw it in them. And 
it it's it's very 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 rewarding and um yeah and he he was a part of that he had a small part actually like kind of like a big part in that because i wasn't a person back then no i don't know i'm never i've never been the type of person that would dance like that i've danced in a club with the ladies but like just to do like a fun dance um and it just brings back a lot of memories thinking about it so um r.i.p to dj casper to william perry jr aka uh dj casper thank you for the good times man thank you for your your thank you for your work as an artiste and uh, uh yeah man so that's that um a lot of this i didn't i didn't touch on it uh last couple weeks and i think i had already recorded when uh when this happened i think i might have uh mentioned it on twitter briefly but like the jamie fox when he said you know look what they did to jesus they'll do it to you what makes you think they're they wouldn't do it to you that is and dl hughley went on and spoke eloquently about it on notes from the ged section but like jamie fox doesn't hate jews I don't think I don't know I don't know that he doesn't or I don't know what's in the man's heart, but I know he was not trying to attack Jewish people uh, from that Instagram post that he made. He was just saying like some friend let him down. Jesus was let down too. So what you make what makes you think it's not going to happen to you? You know, so that's that's kind of in a nutshell. That's what it was. And then Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> like the post or whatever and or didn't like the post or whatever the fuck she got in it and I think I said oh you know Jennifer Aniston innocent she was trying to buy a vino and I just posted a picture of that it was bullshit that people want to get mad at dude was fighting for his life a few months ago he's back and he's trying to you know just enter society again I saw a beautiful little snippet of him getting ribs from someplace out there like in the world and and then now people are trying to fucking tear him down it's like the fucking nerve of the of the internet man it's bullshit i think they kind of wanted something bad to happen to him some people were doing that shit i think it's just people that are just fucking hateful um if you ask me but they know they were just trying to find something to be mad at. And I thought, and it kind of came and went. And the fact that he had to apologize for that was total bullshit. Uh, so that, that did kind of come and go. Uh, and then also the uh, this Michael Orr situation, they were asking me about it. I, on the, When I did radio yesterday, I, I've always felt that Michael Orr did not like that fucking movie. And when they when they do movies like that, they take dramatic license and they do these things. I don't know all the details about that shit, but I watch black people who saw that movie knew it was some bullshit. And they made made fun of it. I remember when The Blind Side came out, Rod did a sketch on uh, um on uh, Bomani Jones's show. It's like, what are, what are we on game theory? Like, what are we doing here? Everybody knows that that movie was kind of some bullshit. Did Sandra Bullock won an Oscar for it? Yeah, because that's a vehicle that she she knows she can she could eat with a role like that. She knows she could get busy. 
she don't have nothing to do with that conservatorship or whatever's going on with them. They were, people were asking for her to give her Oscar back. Are you fucking kidding me? The nerve of Twitter. And I, I just I just thought it was total bullshit off the rip. If they did that, if the Tuies did that, that that is some that is fucked up. If they treated that guy like that, that is that's that's fucking horrible. And I hope whatever legal actions that he's taking uh, work out in his favor, because that is some bullshit. So that's how I feel about it. It's really not. Um, it's really not that deep that and the movie was it was just it's the same way what's the, what's the joint with uh my man um oh my god what's what's my guy's name he was in Luke Cage I saw him in a play uh Mahershala Ali, what is that movie he won for? He got his second Oscar for. Green Book. It's just like the Green Book. It's like that shit didn't go down the way it went in the movie. It was totally different. It was. <laughs> oh, man. It, it Yeah, man. Uh, it's the same thing. And people eat that shit up. It was was Green Book a good movie? Yes, it was. But I I remember I remember telling people I was like, "Yo, it's good, it's good, man. You're not gonna like it, but it's good." So it's it's one of them things, man. So uh, it's it's uh it's fascinating to me how people just kind of oh, what oh because they made the guy they made Michael Orr look like he was illiterate. And it always felt like he was uncomfortable. It always felt like he was uncomfortable about the way that all that stuff went down. You know, like he I, I was watching an interview that he did promoting his book. He's got a book out and he did this interview on Jim Rome show. It wasn't Jim Rome interviewing him, but it was another guy. And he was just talking about his life. He, he came up hard, but I don't think I don't think he was illiterate. He said he said like. Not he he said they had to try to say I was like illiterate and stuff and he's like when I was in third grade I was doing plays and just doing just cool plays and all this stuff it yeah man it it was it's some bullshit man um but I hope he gets what's owed to him if they if they did some nefarious shit man um all right I don't think that, I think that's all that I wanted to kind of riff about but they're. I'll talk about some TV stuff. If something pops in my brain, I will uh, say it. Um, as far as TV is concerned, I've been watching Only Murders in the Building. I'm glad that's back. It's fun. I'm enjoying it. Didn't know Meryl Streep could sing like that, but it's like she's so talented that I was just like, oh, she sings too. You know, <laughs> it's like I, it, it wasn't really a surprise, but it was nice because she did a did a scene where she was singing and everything uh i've been in i enjoy that show it's it's a fun pleasant show but i'm kind of feeling like is that a show that i want to watch have to wait and watch week to week and it's almost like should i let these build up and then finish but then somebody could randomly try to spoil something 
But I, I think even though it's a popular show, it's not really... It's not really a show that black Twitter is going to spoil. So I might be okay if I let that build and just kind of binge towards the finale. I'm not 100% sure what I want to do, but we'll see. Um, So I'm liking that. I'm watching the after party. It's fine. John Cho was wilding in this last episode. He was acting a damn fool. So that was funny. That was fun to see uh, in the latest episode that came out. The Shy. The shy is so good. Now, I I was one of those people. Like I've I've been watching it since season one, since it first premiered. I'm not a late, um, I'm not a late uh, member to the party, or joiner of the party. I'm not late to the party on this one. But it's one of those shows. It's kind of like a sprawling, very uh, uh, what's what's my man's name. I was trying to be real smart about it, and I fumbled. Uh, damn it. And I want to think of the director's name. Shit. Shit. I'm going to have to. Damn it. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, was it? Oh, shit. Am I going to have to do? Am I going to have to do a, a broad? Fuck. I'm, I got to do it. Is it John Sales that did? I don't think that's the guy. Fuck. I'm trying to think of the 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 director that is very um, that's kind of got like a slice of life vibe to him, where the the the, the acting is is it the acting's good, but it's just kind of like a. Oh my God, Altman. Is it Altman? Yeah, I think it's Robert Altman. It's Robert Altman. Let me look at his. Yeah, yeah. Let me. I was going to say, like, what's the movie that I wanted? Oh, my God. That I hate when I I hate when I mess. I was trying to be so smart. trying to be so smart i was getting ahead of myself yeah it's altman like altman has like a lot of characters and there's like this theme to it and the first time that i was introduced to kind of his work and and someone um from another generation another generational talent being compared to him was um paul thomas anderson um, damn, I'm having like a. Br- I didn't eat. I didn't eat breakfast yet. That is so bad, Chris. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you, bro? Paul Thomas and, and I didn't. I didn't have to look it up. Magnolia. So Magnolia was the first time that a a a, a talent from uh a, the new generation was compared to him that I heard. He has like it's very Altman esque when you have these uh a lot of different characters. And how they kind of coalesce with each other. And they like... uh, The Shy is like that. And they have like a lot of different characters. Um, This season's really good. Because I was kind of wondering. I was like, okay. They're they're coming back again? It's like, oh, you think they were... Stuff got resolved. But they... The writers managed to find a way to get stuff to work. Um, And uh, I'm enjoying it. 
I'm really enjoying it so much. I watched the latest episode last night. I think it might have been episode three. And just the acting is just like Rolando Boyce, who is uh, who is a Chicago actor. I don't know if he's I think I don't know if he's from Chicago, but he's he was there when I moved there. Yeah, so he was born and raised in the South Side, and he was with this theater company, uh, Congo Square Theater Company. And he's kind of known for his role in, um, in on the Shy. At this point, he's he's kind of been that. I'm trying to find his his credits. Okay, he's been in a bunch of stuff, but the Shy is kind of like his big, big for him. It's been a lot of stuff in L.A. and But anyway, I always thought this guy was talented. I remember seeing him in a production of a soldier's play when I first excuse me, when I first moved here. And he's super talented. But he has a scene in this week's episode. And he's not really he's doing stuff, but he's not doing it's very subtle. And he has this confrontation. I don't want to spoil it. He has this confrontation with this character who's a bad guy and he didn't back down from him and he's like I'm willing to give up my life to protect what I need to protect and it was fucking brilliant fucking fantastic acting it was great and it was just he was just really locked in and the show's really good it's really compelling uh when it's about to be over I'm just like damn it's over so I was kind of I was saving this episode for when I got done with my show, like it, it comes on Friday, it's ready. You're ready. It's ready to watch. Like it pops up like at like what? 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and midnight uh, West Coast time Pacific. So I'm loving the shy. I think it's great. They managed to just do some really good work for six seasons. You just kind of wonder. You, I like the show, and I'm glad it comes back. It's been coming back, but I was like, okay, I, can't, I guess that's it. They could kind of end it here, and you're like, and they're like, oh, we got renewed, and it's coming back, and it's like, oh, and the stakes are it's building to a boiling point where some shit's gonna go down. I'm only hoping for the death of the. I'm just gonna say of the bad person in the show because he needs a, his comeuppance. I thought he had his comeuppance uh, a season or two ago. But he didn't, so I'm just kind of like, uh, where is this going? Uh, let's, if you get rid of this guy, everybody else in the city can kind of chill, at least in this town, this part of the city. It's not, it's not going to be as bad for these people. They can breathe a little bit and not be under his, he's got everybody under his thumb, Duda. And that guy is fucking great. What is his name? Uh, I didn't get his name. I've been talking about it. I'm trying to like talk around because I don't want to spoil certain things uh so it was episode three season six episode three um let me get this guy curtis cook he's he's terrific he is really good he's a great villain he's just like he's so good he's good like in the way that the guy who who i loved in uh Smallville, the guy who played Lex Luthor in Smallville. Now I'm thinking I'm I'm going on a tangent here, but 
John Glover. John Glover, who was who's like fucking chewed up scenery like shit in Smallville. And it was so because he was at the time, I you know, like I think he was a like senior actor on that show. And he was just like eating them alive because, like, you know, when an actor's good and he's just just better than everybody on in on the show. And it's not because it's not like he's being a dick. It's just that dude has the most experience and he's just he's just killing. So that's what I always enjoyed him as Lex Luthor on on uh, Smallville. But this Curtis Cook, man, um, he's doing some great work, just like I. I don't know. This show should be getting more attention than it is, but that's how they do the black shows. But I'm talking about it. I think he. I think it's. I think it's a great show. They really found a good way to like um, make all these characters come together. And this last episode is called House. This most recent episode is called House Party, and it's pretty cool because they did a bottle episode. At a house party. So there's all these different characters and they interact. And it's like, it's really, it's really good. I think, I think, I think it is uh, Altman-esque. If you say one of the greats, um, one of the great uh, American filmmakers is Altman. Altman is American, right? Oh boy, oh boy, let me see if I got it right. Robert Altman. I think he's a, he was American. Kansas City, Missouri. How do you you don't get more American than that? I just wanted to make sure. And I wanted to also see who directed this this Rashad Ernesto Green. I think did he do the movie that I think he did? Yes. He did this movie Premature that I raved about that I saw at the Montclair Film Festival. And he also did this movie that I I liked. I think it's called Gods and Monsters. Is it Gods and Monsters? Let me make sure. Uh, Monsters and Men? Or was that his brother? His brother did that one, I think. He did this movie, Gun Hill Road, in 2011 that I need to see. Did some episodes of Vampire Diaries, The Breaks, The Quad, Luke Cage... Is it Monsters and Men? His brother, I think, did that one. Monsters and Men. That's 2018. All right. Ronaldo Marcus Green did this one. Okay. These guys are brothers. So Ronaldo did King Richard, and he did Joe Bell. He's did quite a few. So I think I think that um I think that Rashad Ernesto Green did a great job making this premature was really good. It was on Hulu. Um, I'm not I'm not sure where it rests on. Um, you know what? I'm going to look that up. I'm going to look it up on a letterbox. Let me see. Letterboxed. Um, premature. 2019 Rashad Ernesto Green. Let's see where you can. I know it's streaming. You can stream it on AMC Plus, direct on the Roku channel, the Direct TV, 
and on Tubi. At one time, it was playing on Hulu. But you could rent it. I, I highly recommend it. I didn't rate this. I didn't have I didn't have uh I didn't have um uh, let's give it four and a half stars. Uh can I do this like retro? Let me see. Reviewer log. I didn't see this in twenty nineteen. I'll just say I've watched this film before. I didn't want Add film to your... Oh, my God. How do you do that? I'll say I watched it in October 2019 or something like that. I'll figure that out. But it's a great movie nonetheless. It's a very solid movie. I'll read you the blurb. The summer before she leaves for college... Ayana meets handsome and mysterious outsider Isaiah. Her entire world is turned upside down as she navigates the demanding terrain of young love against a changing Harlem landscape. Very good movie. I really liked it. And I and I think when I saw it at the screening, I'm not sure if Rashad was there. He might have been. But the lead actress, who I believe co-wrote it, no? Yes? Yeah, Zora Howard. She was there. I feel like they were both there. But it was at the Montclair Film Festival. It was really good. I liked it. Um, all right, let's see what else. Movie-wise, though. Oh, oh, did I get, That's all the tea. That's all the tea. Oh, Hard Knocks. That's another thing that's gotten me uh, pretty siced about football with the Jets. The Jets are looking good this year. Hopefully it, it translates into a good season because I live in New York, the New York area, and I'm. Uh, it's nice when your local teams are doing well. Everybody's in a better mood. And it'd just be nice to see that happen, you know, because they have not been good for a very, very long time. Uh, they made the playoffs. Playoffs? Um, not too long ago. Within the last, since I've been in New Jersey, they have. But with Aaron Rodgers, I don't know, man. He, a lot of people talk shit about this guy. He's, I don't know, is he, is he turning on the charm for the cameras? I don't know. I've been told here, even though I'm in Wisconsin, there's a contingent of people that are, this is close enough to Chicago to where people are Bears fans. But I think most of them might be Packers fans. But that's what I was told by a denizen of Kenosha. So I'm not 100% sure what uh, what people are saying, what people think uh, on a on a on a on at this local level. But somebody was telling me that um, when Brett Favre was here, I think the team manager he said, yeah, he told me a story about how. The team manager in Green Bay uh, would say, oh, you know, Brett Favre had me over his house a few times while he was, you know, in the in the Green Bay. And, you know, I don't think Aaron Rodgers knew who I was. So I think maybe it's the fact that he's learned to be more of a team guy. Um, 
They said he ate up so much of the salary cap that he couldn't get any receivers. This is just what I'm hearing from fans. And always remember that fans are – fan is short for a fanatic. But I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, but those are stories I've heard. Maybe he's changed, but he is charming as hell. It's working on me. It's working on me. It's working on a lot of people. So it's different when you get to follow these guys. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. That's the reality TV that I'm into, that I get I get suckered into a lot, uh, sports. Um, that's the thing that draws me in. So I've been watching that. Uh, movies. I haven't seen. I'm I'm saving some of the indie stuff for for the the nerds on um, the Patreon, but I haven't been to the theater uh, since Gran Turismo. Since I cried in in the theater next to a guy who overdosed on his icy and fell asleep, he had the leans, boy. Um, he had those. <laughs> No, not going to make a fun joke of that. Um, And so I'm hoping to see Blue Beetle soon. And I might try to see it today. And I'm also hoping to see this movie, Landscape with Invisible Hand. Tiffany Haddish is in it. Uh, One of the kids from uh, When They See Us is in it. And what I didn't realize, and I think the only other person that would appreciate this would be Michael Felder. Uh, the guy who directed it, Corey Finley, directed Thoroughbreds. And I really loved that movie. It was a really great movie. He His name is Corey Finley, and he did also directed Bad Education on uh, HBO about the the guy stealing money that Hugh Jackman playing the principal that uh, superintendent that was like uh, stealing money and shit embezzling funds. Um, And uh, yeah, that was really good. But the, the, I really love thoroughbreds. Thoroughbreds was terrific. That's another one that came out in 2017 if you haven't seen that, I highly recommend that one. So I'll, I'll keep it light on this one. But I also say that uh, I did watch, I bought um, Across the Spider-Verse on VOD. Um, I know this isn't right, but for some reason, it feels like that movie is even better on VOD. I'm guessing maybe because it's digital. Obviously, yeah, it's amazing in IMAX. It's amazing in Dolby. It's always going to look better. But it just it's still pretty fucking sharp on uh, VOD. And I, I noticed that some things, if you, if you watch like, um, what's, what's my guy? Like maybe like if you watch Heavy Spoilers or um, Emergency Awesome, they talk about all the differences that there are from the the theatrical version compared to the the digital version. There's apparently there's so many different versions of this fucking movie with different nuances and things like that. It's it's if you liked it, it's worth it's a it's a good buy. It's just like these moving pictures of art, these paintings. It's a beautiful movie. 
Is it mainstream? Yeah, it's so good. It's, it, you know, like people talk about this superhero fatigue. When you do it right, nobody's tired. When you, when you do these movies right, it's only when a movie fails is when you get those... Superhero fatigue. Are we? Are we having superhero movie fatigue? I don't. Not with this. When you do it right, like Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy was great. You know, I have not. You know, Blue Beetle. I'm hoping to see. I have not seen the Flash, but a lot of people were disappointed in it. You know, so I we'll see what happens to these other movies. But this is the third time that I've I've seen this. Uh, across the spider verse it's like i've been a nerd about some of these so anyway, uh, I, I thought that i didn't see into the spider verse more than once at the theater but i i would have but this one was really it's really good I, I love the artwork it's just it's just beautiful it's beautiful it's a beautiful film it's one of the best films of the year Especially when you think about like the mainstream, big budget movies that actually get people to go to the theater, you know it's 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 one of them ones, man. Uh, so I'm I'm rooting for Blue Beetle. Um, I hope I hope it's good. I will be seeing it within the next week or so, if not sooner. Um, let me see. Let me give you a couple Muzak uh, recommendations. Apple Music did this thing where I opened it up yesterday afternoon and something popped up to where uh, they were something that give based on the music that you listen to. They they try to show you stuff you haven't heard. It was pretty good. I, I thought I've heard of this group before. Let me close some of these when I've got too many tabs open. Whoa, buddy. Let me see. Too many tabs open here. There's some, a couple bands I wanted to mention. Um, there's a band called Radi- Radiant Children, and they've been around since 2016, so I'm a little late. But one of their songs popped up, and I'll give you the name of the song. It's called Poke Bowl from this EP called Tryin'. And it's a good jam. It's a good soul jam, and I liked it. And so Apple Music was right. They Apple Music, the algorithm or whatever Big Brother robot thing that they've got that's going to take over everything, knows my taste in music. So I'll recommend Radiant Children. I haven't delved too deep in their catalog, but I've I've been liking. I liked what I heard. Um, also, this band called Salt S A U L T. Now I've heard of these guys and gals before, but uh, there, there's a record that hit me uh, yesterday that I liked. There's a record called "Fight for Love" uh, by Salt S A U L S A U L T, and the album it's on is called Eleven One One. So they are Salt is a British music collective. I don't know how right Wikipedia is, but this is Salt is a British music collective that make a mixture of R&B, house, and disco. The project is helmed by songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and producer Inflow. 
best known for his work with Little Sims, Michael Kiwanuka, Cleo Soul, Jungle, and Adele. So they are good. And I, I think people were kind of raving about them. And they were doing something where they were how they were promoting their music. But people have been talking about them. And I'm pretty late to the party, I would say. But I know that they sound good. Wait, yeah, so they've helped. Yeah, okay, so I'm looking at. Yeah, so I got to get 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 into this. I think I'm I'm kind of late to the party. Okay, so let me I'm going to read a note, a, a message uh from Patreon from Rob. Rob sent me a message. Thanks for sending. Let's see what Rob said. Rob said, "Okay, Chris, I finally saw Barbarian and went back and listened to your recap. You were right about suspension of belief." As he meant since suspension of disbelief. There were so many times when I was like, why are you doing that? Get the hell out of there. And the other thing was the mother was a soup was super big and strong. She jumped down in that hole like it was nothing and jumped out with AJ just as easily. Thanks for the recap, even if it took me um, took me a year to get to it. Well, Rob, thanks so much for writing. I'm glad you um, watched the movie, and I'm glad you listened to the recap. I think that's one that uh, Tim and I did. And, yeah, to me, now everybody's saying that um, Talk To Me, at least this year, Talk To Me is the biggest horror movie of the year. And it probably is. I don't know. Um, I haven't seen the other ones. I think that's the first one I've seen this year. But barbarian i really enjoyed that and i think aesthetically just from on a surface level i thought it was i thought it was a well done movie i thought it was great aesthetically it was pleasing to me because there was a black uh heroine involved there was uh like she was a black final girl the way that it the movie's been out a year now that, that she didn't get killed there were some fantastical things happening in the movie even though it was a a a movie that was grounded in reality so i i I like that but there were certain things like i this you definitely (laughs) you definitely have to have a suspension of disbelief when it comes to something like this but uh uh as far as something that is a movie that's not supernatural i think barbarian is the best one i've seen in in quite some time um I would I would recommend I'm trying to see if there's something else I could recommend in that genre. I mean, you should see Talk to Me. It is it is good. It is um it is it is good. Also has a a, a woman of color as as one of the leads. Um I no I know I was don't want to spoil that. I think the next time Tim's on here maybe we'll We'll talk about it a little more. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm glad you uh, watched it. I'm glad you you enjoyed it and um, watched the uh, listen to uh, Tim and I talk about that one. So thanks so much, Rob, for for subscribing and listening and even just going back to, and, and 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 from a review that was from a year ago. I really appreciate that. And you too can be like Rob if you sign up for Patreon and you, or you, even if you just listen to the pod. And you you enjoy it, and you know, write to me. I'll talk, I'll I'll talk about your email and stuff. 
So uh, I reckon that's it for the week. I think that's it for this episode. I have blabbed for almost an hour and 20 minutes. My God. I need to get get out here and, and have a continental breakfast and and walk and do a walkabout around and see see what this town has to offer and hopefully I do not get harassed by cops because a week before I got here there was a black dude that got roughed up by the police in Applebee's and one of my friends reached out to me and said hey Chris don't go to Applebee's in Kenosha and showed me a, a link of a black guy getting beat up so I hope that doesn't happen to me. I hope that doesn't happen to any more black people, you know, but uh, I'm going to be on my P's and Q's. It's in the daylight. It's summer. It's pretty nice out. So I'm just hoping that that I'm uh, covered in the blood of Jesus as one of my family members says. But then I think if you're covered in the blood of Jesus, maybe it's just metaphorically. I know that's what she means, that nobody sees blood on me, um, but that that I'm safe. Uh, so I think maybe I should upload this. And then anyway, let's not be too dark. I'm going to have a good time in Kenosha. And <laughs> thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you all. And I... We'll talk to you all next time. Take it easy, everybody.